Welcome everyone to the Oave Torah, Daf Yomi Shiur. Today's Shiur is Daf uh, Yud Dalet. We will begin on Yud Gimel Amurbet at the word Mat Kiflar of Asi. Now, uh, on the previous Daf, right before Shabbat, we were discussing how the Kohen Gadol needs to be married. Uh, when he does the, uh, the Avodah on Yom Kippur. Otherwise, his Avodah will be Pasul. And therefore, we go through lengths to make sure that his wife is alive. According to at least Rabbi Yehuda, we make sure his wife is alive by having a backup wife. The backup wife, it was complicated exactly how you get this backup wife. Because in order to have the backup wife, she has to be married to you. Ha- having her ready to marry you is still not a wife. She's ready to marry you, but... She ain't married, so that's not going to help. So he has to actually marry her. But then we had a problem because you have to be married to one wife and not two wives. Because the Pasuk says, He'll have a kapara for himself and for beto. Beto, zu ishto. beto means his wife. So he has to have one wife, not two. Don't say batim. Right? And we went through seven different attempts to figure out exactly what kind of divorce he's going to have where a conditional divorce in a way that he's married to one wife and not two wife until we figured out the whole situation. And now that's where we left off right before uh, Shabbat. How many lines from the bottom? We are s- eight lines in the bottom approximately, two lines before the wide lines, Mat Kifla Ravasi. Mat Kifla Ravasi Evira. Some say Ravira says it. Elamaata, according to what you say now, if so, two Yivamot who come from one house should not require Yibum. Why is that? Because uh, the Torah says that uh, a Yivama is a girl whose husband has passed away without kids. Right? Now, when two Yivamot, when let's say a guy was married to two wives, and he died without kids. So technically, both wives should need, the halakha is that both wives need yivum, and when you do one of the wives, the other wife is off. That's the halakha. Wait till you get to Yevamot. Once we finish uh, the whole Moed, the next, our introduction to Seder Nashim is with Yevamot, which has a lot of fun stuff. Okay, and it's one of the most challenging Masech Tot and Shas. In a way, it's uh, in a way it's easier. In a way, it's harder than Irwin, but uh, it's it's up there. Yevamot. So in Yevamot, again, I got the case. You have a guy. He's he dies. No kids. If he has one wife, so his wife has to marry the brother. Simple. If he has two wives, one wife marries the brother, and the other wife once the, once she marries the brother, the other wife is off the hook. But technically, since the basuk says Yevimto, so it should only be one wife. So we should say that when a guy has two wives, there should be no yibum at all. Why do we say that when you have two wives, one has to get married to the brother and the other one gets off? We should say that no one has to marry the brother. Because Basuk says yibim to, the same way beto, by the Kohen Gadol. We said beto means one wife, not two. So we should say yibim to also, which is a singular form, should also mean only when you have one Yavama is when you do it. But if your guy's married to two wives, we should say you're totally batur. Why do we say that you have to marry one and then the other one gets off? You should just say you don't have to do it. The same way by the Kohen Gadol. You with me? Says the Gemara, Yibim to, Yibim to, Rima. 
The Pasuk says the word Yivim Tor twice in the Pasuk. The reason why it says it twice is to tell you that even when there's more Yivim, than one Yivimah, you still have to do it. So you're right. Yivim Tor alone would have done that. But since it says it twice, it's telling us that. You with me, Ralph? Ralph, you with me? I don't hear him. Okay. Matkifla Ravina Vitamer of Shreba. Elemaata Arusa Loyitabem. We should say that Arusa should not have to do Yibum. Why? Because we if you remember by the Kohen Gadol, we spoke about the Kohen Gadol and we said that a Kohen Gadol being partially married, there's two steps of marriage. There's Arusa step, when you gave her the ring, right? If you remember when you guys got married, step one was you gave your wife the ring. At that point, she was, I would call it half married, let's say. Engaged. Uh, well, she was more under the chupa. There was two steps. Step one was you gave the ring. At that point, we call her an Arusa. And then we made the barakha, she was still asur to you. She becomes mutar when you do chupa, which according to some opinions is when you spread the talit over her. She spread the letter, and now you're fully married. Okay, that was Nisuin. Now, when it came to the Kohen Gadol, we had required the Kohen Gadol not enough, it wasn't enough for the Kohen Gadol just to do, be an Arusa, he had to be a Nisua, fully. Because we said, Beto, his house means it has to be his wife. So Yibimto also should have to be only fully married, and we should say that Arusa Yibimto, let's, let's say the brother had married the girl only with the ring, and he died before they put the talit over her head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 case of a marriage. Guy puts the ring on her finger, and then boom. It used to be, they used to do it. used to do it much later. So I, I'm giving you a, a current case. But now we do it together. Now we do it together. But let's see, even together, even nowadays, together. The guy puts the ring on, has a heart attack. Boom. Okay? Now, he died without kids, right? He definitely has no kids. He, just, he didn't get married yet. Right? Does he need, does he need Yibum? The answer is yes. But we shouldn't need Yibum. We should say the same way by the Kohen Gadol. Erosin wasn't enough. This is also not enough. Pasuk says the word Hachutza. Then I bought Arusa to include Arusa. You're right. We would have done that. But now we're including it. Now we switch to the new topic. Tanu Rabbanan. Kohen Gadol makriv onen. If a Kohen Gadol becomes an onen, which means that he's... Uh, onen is a status when someone loses a relative. Before pre-burial, correct, he's called an onen, and he's patur from doing any mitzvot. So a kohen gadol who becomes onen, he's allowed to do a kor- He's allowed to be makriva korban, different than anyone else. Kohen gadol becomes onen. He, he's not allowed. He, kohen gadol is not allowed to become tamerified, even if a relative. Regular kohen could get tamerified if any of the seven relatives die. He's allowed to go to the funeral. That's what happens nowadays. Any of the kohenim. If one of the seven relatives dies, they're allowed to be in, be at the funeral. Anyone else dies, they can't go. The burial as well. Yes, everything. Funeral, burial, the to their relative, the seven relatives. Kohen Gadol to zero relatives, and we're telling you a step further in this brayta that he can even while he's on in, he's allowed to be do do korbanot even though the dead body's there. Rabbi Yudaomer, call Hayom. Now it's unclear what he's arguing. He says all day. Tanakama says he could do a korban. The rabbi says all day. What does he mean? My kolayim. What does that mean? We're telling you here 
Not only, according to Rava, Rava's explaining Rabbi Huda, he says the following. When Rabbi Huda says all day, you know what he means? He means that you bring the guy from his house. If the guy's in Onen, if the Kohen Gadol is doing a Korban, okay, you leave him there. That's Tanakama. Rabbi Huda says, if the guy's Onen and he's in his house, you tell him, Fadilu, come to the Beit HaMikdash. Spend your whole day in the Beit HaMikdash. According to Tanakama and according to Yehuda, even you take him home, even if he's home. You bring him to Beit even if he was home. Do any of the other laws apply to a Kohen uh, Gadol? No. He's no. No. He's, he's patur from all of them. But the, the chidush here is that he should even, we're even letting him do a korban. That's, another, that's, that's the chidush over here. Okay? Now, so Rava explained, it means, when when Yehuda said all day, it means take him out of the house and let him serve all day. Okay? So that means Yehuda is more lenient than Tanakama. Because Tanakama is saying only if you're there. And Yudah is being more lenient. But we're going to show you, Abai is going to show you a place where Yudah is really more strict. So we don't like this explanation because you're making Rabbi Huda into the lenient rabbi who's allowing all day. You didn't say he's more lenient. He's making him... Making he's him more lenient. Yeah, but he's making he's more lenient when it comes to to sacrifices. In other words, Tanakama says, "Listen, if he's doing it, okay, let him continue." That's what it sounds like from Tanakama. And Rabbi Yudas saying, "No, no, no, get him here. Bring this. Bring, bring, bring the Kohen Gadol." So it sounds like he's being more lenient on the rules of of mourning, as it were. Oh, the rules of mourning. Yeah. Yes, on the mourning rules. But here was we're going to show you the other way around. Amalei Abai Abai said to Rabbi, "No." Right? We know sometimes Yehuda says we kick, we kick the Kohen out. The Tanya we learned. This is talking about a regular Kohen. Okay? If a regular Kohen is on top of the Mizbech doing a sacrifice, and he hears the news, that someone died in the family. What? What? He leaves the Avodah and the Mizbeach and he walks out. These are the words of Yehuda. Rabbi Yossi says, You're allowed to finish. So when it came to a regular Kohen, Rabbi Yehuda is strict and told him to stop in the middle. And you want to tell me, Rabbi Yehuda is the most lenient one by Kohen Gadol, and he says that we call you from the house to, do, to serve all day? I don't like your explanation, Rabbi Yudah, when he says all day, you're saying all day means that we make you do all day and he's more lenient. Here in the, by the regular Kohen, we see him being more strict. Are you with us? Abayah doesn't like Rabbi's explanation. Ivan, you with us or no? I'm with you, but uh, you know, we only really have one Kohen. Right, I guess, no, I guess we have a couple. Never mind. Oh, well, no, we really only have one. But okay, that's, we're not, not going to make a difference. Ella, I'm Rather, Rava says a new answer. It's interesting that but Rava accepted it by his knockout. He doesn't defend himself. Rava answers the following. Lomar she'eno oved kol hayom. Gezerash. Sorry, el amarba. My kol What does it mean kol hayom? Lomar she'eno oved kol He means that even though you're allowed to, don't do it all day. He didn't mean do it all day. He meant don't do it all day. Technically, you're allowed to, the Kohen Gadol is allowed to do it all day, but we won't let you do it all day. Why not? We're worried you'll eat the meat, because even though the Kohen is allowed to be onen, but he's not allowed to eat the meat from a sacrifice. And if we leave you there all day, Rabbi Yehuda is worried that maybe you'll eat the meat from the sacrifice so that we tell you don't be there all day. Finish your things, do what you got to do, but don't stay there too long because we're afraid you'll eat the meat. Good. 
These are gizerot that we don't even know about these days. Maybe one day Ivan will know. I'm just saying, but these gizerot are gizerot that, you know, we're used to mukseh, gizerot, other gizerot. Welcome, Ben. Oh, I made it. Right, we're not used to you these things. The plane? No, right. <laughs> okay. Is Rabbi Yehuda really worried that maybe he'll eat? You didn't bring your Gemara, Ben? Come on. Vatnan, didn't we learn in a Mishnah? Rabbi Yudah Omer, Af Isha, Chedet Matkinin Law. In our Mishnah, we said that Rabbi Yudah says we prepare a second wife for him. We just had that before. Rabbi Yudah holds that we're worried that maybe the wife will die and we prepare a second wife for him in case she dies. Shema Temutishto. Vimeitashto Avodavada. And now the idea was that if his wife dies, he's going to do the Avodah, right? Vilogat 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 you hear the question? We ask you, it's a bomb question. You, 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 you understood it already? Because he has to mourn for his wife. In our Mishnah, <laughs> we had just said that Yehuda says that nice we, we bear a second wife for him in case his wife dies. So you worry that maybe the wife will die and you won't be able to still do the Avodah. So wait a second. If his wife dies, and he's on in. And you're expecting to do the Avodah, right? You're not worried he's not so you see, you're not worried that he's going to eat anything. Right? How can you tell me Rabbi Uda is the one who makes a gizirah that if you leave the Kohen while he's on in in the in the in the in the, in the, in the, in the Mikdash, you think that he's going to be the one who's going to be uh, eating. eating? What do you mean? In the Mishnah, you saw Rabbi Uda. He's the guy who says make a second wife. That means he's not worried. I got it. You with us? Yes. Got it. Yeah. Ivan, you with us? He's not worried. That we're, we're not worried. You see, Rabbi Yehuda in our Mishnah was not worried that an Onen is going to eat. Onen is allowed to do korbanot, Rabbi Yehuda holds. But we, we, according to what we said till now, Rabbi Yehuda makes a gzeira, don't leave the Onen too long in the Mikdash, because then he'll eat. And he's not allowed to eat. What do you mean? In our, you got it. Okay, good. But there's an obvious answer, which I'm surprised no one mentioned. Oh. Almost that. Amale, Hachi Hashi, he's a Hari Kaper. Hatam in the Mishnah, Kevin the Yom Kippuru, the Kulam Loka Achli, who Namilo Ati Labechel. On Yom Kippur, nobody's eating. So we don't have to worry that he's going to eat. It's Yom Kippur for crying out loud. Who eats on Kippur? In our Mishnah, we make a second wife because we're talking about Kippur. On Kippur, no one's going to eat, so he's not going to eat also. Everyone's eating. He'll, he'll also come to eat, and therefore we make a gizah. Just because we doesn't make a gizah on Yom Kippur, doesn't mean he's not going to make a gizah on a regular day. Dave, you still with us or no? Yes. Clear, right? Good. Ask the Gemara. asking question. What kind of question that did Rav Ada ask them? What kind of question are you asking from the Mishnah? Even in the Mishnah's case, there really is no problem of Aninut. You know why? Because he's never going to be on end. You know why he's not going to be on end? Very simple. If you remember, we had made a special condition that in case his wife dies, he's going to... He, he, before... If you're, you weren't here, you were here. Before Yom Kippur starts and he has the second wife, he makes a special double divorce. Okay, his original wife, 
we called her Elaine in our, in our thing. Elaine gets a divorce saying, this divorce works unless... No, this divorce works if I go into a shul. Not the bedroom, a shul. That's a condition. Here's your divorce, Elaine. I'm divorcing me? Yes. Only if I go to shul. If I don't go to shul, divorce is nonsense. Okay? And he gives the new backup wife, he gives her a divorce saying, you're divorced if Elaine doesn't die. My, my first wife. Okay? That, 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 that was the, w- w- how we ended off. You got it? So now, if Elaine dies, then she's not divorced. He's married to Gertrude. Okay? If, you were following me? If Elaine does die, now, we, that's not good for us. If Elaine dies, so we have to get rid of Elaine too because she died in the middle of the holiday. And we need her, we need her out from before. So if Elaine does die mid-holiday, we send him to Shul, to pre, to to retroactively, get to retroactively get rid of Elaine from the beginning, even and this way, even though she's dead, because she because uh, because let's say she dies in the middle of Avoda, let's say he's in the middle of Kodesh Kodeshim, and out, then Elaine passes away. If Elaine passes away in the middle, so now he did half the Avoda with two wives. You know, I don't have two wives; you have the one wife. So we retroactively get rid of Elaine by sending him later to the to to a shul to get to activate the, her divorce. So we're asking a question now. What was your question on the rabbi when you said that? What do you mean? Uh, he's on in. He's not on in in the Mishnah because he divorced her. We're sending him to the to the shul to divorce her. So he's not going to be on in. You're not on in when you divorce. He dies. You're only on in when your wife dies. You didn't get that. I get it, but how is it valid if she's already dead? Oh, because the way it works is, oh, oh, you're saying if she's already dead. You're asking another question. Oh, he goes in maybe when she's about to die? No, when we see... Ivan, it's on one person. Once, if it dies, we'll call you in, okay? Once we see her... It just died. Yeah. Okay, no, just hook his hook him up. Hook his zoom up. He's got his own zoom. Ben's got a zoom, but probably has charge. You understand what the, you're asking a question. I understand what you're saying. So we set you're right. I think if I forgot, we, we send yeah, him in. There, bef- is, there is a flaw when, in that case. When we see her getting sick, sick, sick on the on the ventilator, that's when we that's when we as soon as she, as soon as Elaine goes in the ventilator, we send them to the to the shul. So she still she, there's a beat. Right. When there's a heartbeat, we could do it. You're right. Once she's dead, I can't imagine how how a, how a divorce can work. Once the lady's dead, she's dead. Once she's dead, she's a he's a, he's a widower already. Right. You can't she be. Already became oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, out. Yeah. No, I agree. Huh? No, no, no. no, 613, they know. It's the same link. Yeah, yeah 613, he knows how to get in. Just send, know, send, send, send the link. He's done it many times. Just hook it in. He likes it the other way so I can see the people. No, he wants oh. Yeah, I like to see people sometimes. That's why I can talk to Ivan sometimes. I hear a lot about him. He was here this week, all right? Yeah, he was here for Shemaya. It's a call Just send him the link. My phone died. Yeah, it's great. Perfect. Okay, he's just, he just he doesn't have the link. That's all. I'll tell Ivan from my phone. Here. Oh, here's Ivan. Uh, Ivan. Ivan, we're on the we're on the regular one now. Seven one eight two one three three six eight one uh, Zoom. Okay. Six thirteen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thumbs right in the group. Okay. Yeah, you can. He's gonna do it. He'll send to Ivan. Okay. 
Now, are we clear? So we have the yeah, question. So put it in the group that we switched zooms because Raffles also on. I don't see him on yet. What? Thanks. Maybe he didn't get on yet. Okay, I'll get on soon. Ready? Okay. So it says, You're right. Technically, he's not an onen. Welcome back, Ivan. Ivan, you got the question? Okay, I'm going to give you the question. Very simple. Question is, Technically, this guy's not the Kohen Gadol is not an onen because since we we invented this uh, conditional get for the guy, he ain't an onen. You understand? He's not onen. He's he's a, he divorced his wife. The lady who died is not his wife. She, she's yeah, his ex. Yeah, yeah, yes. His wife didn't die. His ex died. Yes. Right. He walked into shul. That's his ex. So if they don't even need to answer that he can't eat Yom Kippur. Yeah, forget, forget that, that answer. He's already not an she, She's his ex. Yeah. What does he care his ex died? <laughs> now, so answer the Gemara, you're right. <laughs> Ben's laughing because of course he, of course he cares. And the answer is that even a guy who it's not his wife, this guy, she, she really is his wife. Elaine has been his wife his whole life, right? Elaine has been his wife, his first wife. So since she really is his wife, even though he's not a halachic onin, but his mind is all gezed. His wife just died. And therefore, when a, when a kohen's mind is gezed, he's called trudi, and he's also asut gulavodah. So we're not saying that, the question was, how can he be, he's asut gulavodah, because he's going to be all gezed up. That's the question. Right? And that's why we're asking, lo gazah yochal. Okay. Brand new Mishnah, let's go. Okay, now we're discussing what the Kohen Gadol does during the days of his quarantine. We have to quarantine the Kohen Gadol for seven days, not because we're afraid he'll get Corona, but rather because we're, we, we're afraid he'll get Tamerified. Okay? During those seven days with, with, that we're quarantining him, he also has to do the Avodah. We're going to say exactly what he does, because it's also a training period for what he has to do on Seven days before Kippur. Seven days before Kippur, yes. Okay? We're training for Kippur too. All the seven days. Number one is, he sprinkles the blood on the Mizbeach. Number two, he also offers the ketoret, the, the, the spices. He also prepares the nerot on the menorah. He also offers the rosh and the regal of the korban tamid every day. Vishar Koyamim, what about the rest of the days of the year? Those seven days out of the 354 days a year, he has to do all the Avodas, all these things. The rest of the 354 days a year, then it's optional. He doesn't have to do all the Avodah. Kohen Gadol doesn't have to do all the Avodah all the time. He's Kohen Gadol, he could, do, he could choose to do all of it, or he could choose to do none of it. That's his, his prerogative as Kohen Gadol, is to do what he wants. Kohen Gadol has the right to do two things. Number one, he has the right to take the Avodah at any particular point. He can walk in and a guy can say, Hey, it's my turn. I've been waiting uh, six months to get over here to the Beit HaMikdash. Nice. But the Kohen Gadol says, You're out. That's the first thing. And the second thing is that, he which means he could walk in the middle and they're giving out portions and say, Okay, I'm going to take that roast. What do you mean you're taking that roast? So he was getting it. No, Kohen Gadol is here, Kohen Gadol takes. Okay? 
That's all the rest of the days. But these seven days, he must do the Avodah. Good? Says the Gemara, Man Tana. Who is the Tana who wrote this Mishnah? So the Gemara wants to answer, we can isolate which is the only Tana who might have written a Mishnah like this. Amar Rechistah Rechistah says, Delok Rebi Akiva. I can't tell you who it is, but I can tell you who it isn't. You know who it isn't? It ain't Rebi Akiva. How do we know? This guy, the Kohen Gadol, we have him locked up for seven days. And we're sprinkling on him on day three and day seven, or on all seven days, depending on the opinion that we had before, if you remember that. We're going to sprinkle him blood on the guy, either, either day three and seven, or all the days, depending on what, what, what we're worried about, why, we, why we're sprinkling him. But regardless, Rabbi Akiva is of the opinion that if you have a guy, we, we're not sure this guy's Tamer, we're just in, on the maybe he's Tamer, we want to get him sprinkled to make sure he's Tahor to go into the Beit HaMikdash. Says Rabbi Akiva is the rabbi who says that if you have a Tahor guy who you sprinkle with Paraduma blood, Rabbi Akiva holds that Tamer fires him. Hear what I just said? If that's true, we know that Rabbi Akiva can't have written our Mishnah. Why? Because our Mishnah says all seven days the Kohen Gadol has to do all the Avodah. Now, if Rabbi Akiva wrote the Mishnah, he wouldn't let him do the Avodah all seven days because he comes to me on day three and day seven when we sprinkle on him. You didn't get that? Well, we don't, the Mishnah is not saying that we sprinkle him. The Mishnah is just saying he can practice. That's all. It's saying that he must practice. It's saying that he must practice, right? right. If, if, if we're saying that he must practice, that means he's allowed to do Labuda. It's a practice. Okay, fine, yeah. Okay. Now, in the previous Mishnah, we said that we sprinkle on him either on day three and day seven or on all seven days. Because three way machloket. So, Assuming that, we, that this Mishnah is not arguing the previous Mishnah, we, we we're sprinkling on the guy. And yet, on day three and seven, when we sprinkle on him, he's still doing that with that. So obviously, it must. Sprinkle him on day three and seven, and then on day eight, Kippur, he can do that with that? Okay, now hold on. When you get. Rabbi Kiva holds that if you're a Tahor guy who got sprinkled yeah. accidentally right. with Paraduma water, you get Tameh for a day. For that day. It's a completely completely different subject. Correct. Correct. But even though that's a completely different subject, when practically over here, if this guy is getting... Here's Kohen Gadol. Let's call him Ralph. So Kohen Gadol or or Ivan. We have Ivan Kohen Gadol. We put you... Where are you going? Come over here. You got to stay over here in the Beit HaMikdash and seven days. Okay. What do you want me to do all seven days? Well, on day three and day seven, we're going to sprinkle with Paradumabar. Okay, sprinkle. Go ahead. And what else? And I want you to do Avodah all seven days. So now, if someone's saying those things, it can't be a rabbi who holds that getting sprinkled by accident gets you tamerified. If you hold that getting sprinkled by accident does not get you tamerified, okay, you can write a Mishnah like this. What? Let Ivan do both. Sprinkle him, let him do Avodah, everything's good. But if you hold that could be Kiva, that getting sprinkled by accident when you're Tahor, with Pada Aduma blood, gets you tamerified, then you would... You, Don't sprinkle him. Nice, but we already said we do sprinkle him. Is it not if we do every day or if we do only We already said in the previous Mishnah that we did, yeah. How about by accident or by purpose they sprinkle him? 
on purpose because we, we want to do it on purpose. We're sprinkling him on purpose because we're afraid he might have got tamefied beforehand with tamemet somehow. Either because we're really afraid or because the safek afraid. But either way, it says we did it. So how could he do both? You with me or no? So Mishnah cannot be Rabbi Akiba. How do we know? Where's this machloket about this going on? The Tanik Zulat in the Brighta. The brightness, now we're going to get a little bit into Paraduma. Okay? It says that the Tahor will sprinkle on the Tameh guy. Okay? What does that mean? Uh, if you're looking at that, you're on 14A3 over here now. Tahor. If you sprinkle on a Tameh guy, it tahorifies him. Allah Tahor, if you sprinkle on a Tahor guy, Tameh tahorifies him. Divinated Bikiva, these are the words of Bikiva. Hahamim Amin, but the rabbis say, En hadivrim halalu amurim el divrim hamikablim tumah. These things are only on things that get tahorified. What does that mean? Mahi, what does that mean? We learned. If a guy wants to sprinkle on an animal, and instead he sprinkles on a person, you could repeat it. Okay? Let's explain what's going on. The way it works when you, with the sprinkling is like this you have the para aduma ashes. Okay? You mix these para aduma ashes with water. Now you dip an ezov, which is like a, 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 a hadas or something, it's like some kind of twig. You dip the twig into the ashes water mixture and you sprinkle it on something. Now, on an animal it doesn't need to be sprinkled on, okay? Because they don't get tamerified. People get tamerified. If the guy wants to do an animal did a person, you could just do it again. Right? As long as there's enough juice left on the on the twig, just sprinkle. Let's say again, I'm trying to sprinkle on Eli. Instead, I, I uh, sprinkle on Trixie, his dog. Okay, so just do it again. As long as it's wet enough, I can just sprinkle again on Eli. That's the rule. But if I want to do it on Eli, and by mistake went on Trixie, the dog, then im lo Then even if it's wet enough, you can't do it again. Why? Because once uh, it goes on, a, goes on a dog, you ruin it. And then you can't use it again. What was the first case when you tried to sprinkle it? The first, first case, case is the same case, right? No, in one case, I tr- first case, I tried to sprinkle on the dog, and it went on the guy. So then you sprinkle That's okay, you can sprinkle again as long as it's wet enough. But if you try to sprinkle it on the guy and one on the dog, then you ruined it. But you said you don't have to sprinkle on the dog. No. You don't have to. So why are you sprinkling on the dog? The guy was trying. I don't know. He was doing it. The kavanah dipping has to be the same kavanah of the sprinkling. Who told you? Huh? How do you know that? Remember the Mishnah. Okay. Uh, that's that's a side point. That's, that's not gonna, I don't want to go on side points over here because it's confusing enough as it is. You ready? Now, my time to be kiva. Okay, that's the Rabbi Nazi. So, so Rabbi Kiva says, uh, if you remember, the, let's go back to my chol. Rabbi Kiva says that if you sprinkle on a Tameh guy, he gets Tahor. But if you got a Tahor guy, he gets Tameh. Chachamim say this business with the, with, the, with the dogs. That's the two opinions of what you do with this Pasuk. There's a Pasuk. 
And r- the rabbis use the pasuk to tell you that if you sprink- try to sprinkle on a dog, you you invalidate what's on the 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 what's left on the thing. All the way around. If you try to sprinkle on a human being and you sprinkle on a dog, you invalidate what's left on the thing. That's what the Chachamim used the basuk for. And Rabbi, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Akiva used the basuk to teach you that if you sprinkle on a Tahor guy by accident, like our Ivan the Kohen Gadol, by, if, he, if he was Tahor and you sprinkle on him, you tamehified him. That's what Rabbi Akiva using it for. Good? Now, says the Gemara. Yes. The Torah could have said, The Torah could have written, and we, the Tahor guy sprinkles on him. We, didn't have, we could have used a pronoun, on him. Why do we say, It says in the Masuk, And the Tahor guy will sprinkle, On the Tameh guy. It could have just said, The Tahor sprinkles on him. Him is enough. Why do I have to say Allah Tamer, extra word Allah Tamer? To teach you, my Allah Tamer, Shmamina, we see from here, Allah Tamer, if it's on a Tamer guy, Tahor, then you Tahorified him. Tahor, if you do it on a Tahor guy, like Ivan, who's really Tahor, then Tamer, you Tamerified him. That's what Rabbi Kiva does with the Pasuk. Good? For Rabbanan, so what are Rabbanan? How do they learn from the Pasuk? They say like this. Hi, Devanim, Hamikablim, Tumah, Hayate. They, they teach it for something that that accepts Tumah. So they, they use it for the door case. And what do they do about Rabbi Kiva's case? They say, no, in the case of Ivan in the Beit HaMikdash, it's a Kavachomer that Ivan will not get Tameh when you sprinkle on him. Why? If Ivan was Tameh, it would have Tahored him. If you sprinkle on a Tahor guy, of course it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't make him Tameh. The, the rabbis use common sense. It's common sense that if if some if this water can tahorify even a tamer guy, it ain't gonna tamerify a tahor guy, right? Good. So, asking about what does Rabbi Kiva do with the logic of the chachamim? The chachamim make a lot of sense. It's a kavachomer. What do they do with it, right? Rabbi Kiva, what does he say? Hainu dekama shlomo. Rabbi Kiva says, you're right. It doesn't make sense. Even though it doesn't make sense, we have a tradition that Shalomo HaMelech, who was the wisest of all men, was baffled when he saw Paraduma. So Rabbi Kiva says, you know why he was baffled? He was baffled because of this. He's baffled because it doesn't make sense that you sprinkle on Ivan if he's Tamer and he gets Tahor, and you sprinkle on when he's Tamer, he gets Tahor. It doesn't make sense. And that's why he's baffled. But that's the law. Too bad. It's a chok. Rabbi Kiva says, I don't use the Kavachoma that you're using because this is a chok. And chokhs are hard to understand. That's how it is. Right? That's Rabbi Kiva says back. And we know it's a chok because we know that Rabbi Shalom HaMelech, the wisest of all men, got to this and was baffled. What was he baffled about? Obviously because of this. Right? Let's read inside. Rabbi Kiva, this is what Shalom says. Amarti I thought I'm smart. And yet it's too far for me. It's too hard. That's why Shalom was, was baffled. Says the what did the Rabbanan say back? Rabbanan say, you're right. This business about Shlomo being baffled, he was baffled, but he's not baffled about this. He's baffled about a different part of the Paraduma. You know which part? He's baffled about the fact that the one who sprinkles and the one who gets sprinkled on is Tahor, and the guy who touches it gets Tameh. 
The halacha, according to this, the halacha is that the guy who has the parah duma, you stick it in, and you sprinkle, the sprinkler is tahor. The sprinkly, yani the guy they sprinkle on, also tahor. But a guy who touches the water gets tamid. And that's what Shalomor was upset about. Not your business with Ivan and the Beit HaMikdash. You understand? Yes. Good. So it says, Umazet Tahor. Is that true that the sprinkler is Tahor? Vakatib Basuk says, Umazet Mehanidai Chabez Bergadav. Basuk says straight out that the sprinkler has to wash his clothes. Sounds like he's Tameh. My Mazet Nogea. When the Torah says the sprinkler has to wash his clothes, it means the toucher. Vakatib Basuk Vakatib Nogea. But the Pasuk says touching, and the Pasuk says sprinkling. How can you say that sprinkling means touching? It doesn't mean that. That's what we responded. Yes. You think only the sprinkler has to, has to, has to wash his clothes and not, not a guy who touches? When we, say, when we say sprinkling, we don't mean a sprinkler. We mean a carrier, which means that if a guy picks up the water like this, Touching the water doesn't necessarily make you tamayified. What, what gets you tamayified? When you carry the water even without touching it, that gets you tamayified. When we said, when the Pasuk says the sprinkler got tamay, it's not referring to neither the sprinkler nor the toucher. It's referring to the carrier. No, I lost you. I'm just, I'm comparing it to what I just learned. Just completely, I don't want to get off topic, but I get it. The transporter. The transfer. Anyone who transport without touching it, a transporter becomes tamet. So the word maze in the pasuk, sprinkler, is referring to a transporter. That's what Kiva saying. That's what the, that's what. The transport after they put the ashes on the water? Transport, either way. So, okay. So the, 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 the transporter is different than the one who is doing maze? Correct. Maze is not tamet, only the transporter. So the says, so why does it say the transporter? Why does it have to say sprinkler? Why does it say transporter? My topic is Says you know why? So Tzumar's asking now why would the Torah refer to this fellow as a sprinkler? Call him a transporter. If you're talking about a transporter, say what you're talking about. Why would the Torah call him a sprinkler if he's really a transporter? I'll tell you why we call him a sprinkler. Because we want to show you that Yechayav, when you transport, only when you transport a significant quantity enough to sprinkle. So if you do less than that quantity and it's not enough to sprinkle, you're tahor still. So we needed to call you the sprinkler so you should know how much of the juice you have to move in order to transport in order to get tamayified. That's why we call you the sprinkler. Really, it's not the sprinkler. It's the transporter. But we needed to call you a sprinkler so you know how much. Good? Okay. Says, says the Gemara, Ha-kamash man debein an shiur hazai. You need the shiur. You with me, Eli? Yeah, I'm here. That's good according to the rabbi who says that you have to have a minimum quantity to sprinkle. But there is a rabbi who says that there is no minimum quantity of sprinkling. So according to that rabbi, tell me why we call you a sprinkler. Don't tell me it's because I show you how much you need to transport, because there is no minimum to, uh, to sprinkle. So it's not, we're not giving you a minimum. No? Good. 
Which means, even the rabbi who says that you, there's no minimum quantity to sprinkle, agrees, he's only saying there's no minimum quantity to sprinkle when you sprinkle it on the guy. So if I have Eli and I want to horrify Eli, and I sprinkled something on him, no one could say, oh, you didn't get enough on him. No matter what you got him, even if you got a mist on him, He's, he's tower. It's good. But I have to, even if I missed him, but I have to have a certain amount in the cup that I dipped in. So everyone agrees that this needs a shiur. The question is how much has to go on you. But in the cup, I need a shiur. And therefore, that's the shiur for transporting has to be enough to have in the cup. Forget about how much has to go that's on him. That's why I call him a sprinkler. Exactly. Good? Is that amount... In the cup, even according to the rabbi who says you need, you don't need a shiur for the sprinkling. Whew. Okay, as we learned, how much has to be in order to be able to sprinkle? Kadeshit bowl enough to dip in. You have to dip in the tips of the ezov and sprinkle. Okay, so so far we said our mishnah cannot be Rabbi Akiva. Why not? Because if our mission was to be a kiva, we how would. How did the guy do the avodah in all seven days? Right? Remember that question. Go back before we get. To, okay. Now the one wants is Abaya Amar, Afilu Tamer to be a kiva. Our mishnah could even be to be a kiva. Why? David avodah kuliyama. Maybe we let the kohen gadol do the avodah from a.m. the morning until the afternoon. Then in the afternoon, we sprinkle it on him. He gets tamerified. He goes to the mikveh. And then the nighttime, he becomes totally And the next day, he does it again. So you don't have to... It really could be Ivan all along. Ivan's there all seven days. And yes, we sprinkle on him all seven days. And yes... So Ivan holds you when he holds you, get tamerified. But we don't do it in the morning. Who told you what time we do it? Why do you think we do it in the morning? It's tamer the whole day. We wait till he does the whole avodah. And then in the afternoon, when it's four, four o'clock in the afternoon... We sprinkle on him. He gets tamer. He goes to the mikveh, waits for night time. Yalla, he's tower for the next morning. Our mission could be Rabbi Akiva. Very simple answer. Abai's got it working beautiful. Okay. You can't be sprinkling at night. Who? No, we didn't sprinkle at night. We sprinkled right before. The avodah, none of the avodah was tamid shel ben arbaim. It's all tamid of the morning. So all that stuff is morning stuff. Just let him do it at night. Not a night, early afternoon. Sprinkle him, dip him. Yalla. Everything cool. And the Mishnah could be Rabbi Kiva also. It could be Rabbi Kiva or the Hahamim, whatever you want. Good. Now, in the Mishnah we said, Umaktiratakhtorit, that he offered the Khtorit, Umetivadirot. So we said there's seven things that the guy has to do. Number one is, if you look back at the Mishnah, we said, he sprinkles the blood, offers the Khtorit, and then gets the, the lamps ready. Now, when the Mishnah said that, the order that it mentions was, number one was blood, two was ketoret, three, menorah. Now, that is dangerous. Because if you look at other places, it sounds like two and three, are, the order is reversed. We said blood, ketoret, menorah. There are other places where it says blood, menorah, ketoret. So our Mishnah is actually 
picking sides of a big battle over here. And that's what we're going to discuss now. Okay? Says the Gemara. It says, Umaktir etaketoret. He offers the ketoret. Umetim etaketoret. And you, um, you get the candles ready. Oh, wow. 43. Says the Gemara. Alma, we see. Ketoret peresh It sounds like ketoret first. And then the menorah. Vidiminhu, I'll ask you a contradiction. The Mishnah, Mesechet Tamid, says, Mizbeach Penimi, when they're going to do the, doing the, every day in the Beit HaMikdash, they had a raffle for the, for the, for the Kohanim, who gets to do all the different jobs. Every Kohen wants to do the jobs. And they have a raffle, you pull out, you know, you stick your thumb out, and we count, and we, we, we get, we see who wins the raffle. So now, um, the raffles, the list of the raffle, it lists all the things that you could win. Now, they're going to go in order, we're assuming. So the first order is, who takes off the ashes? Then who takes the menorah? And then who says the ketoret? So it sounds like menorah, then ketoret. And now Misha says ketoret, menorah. So you have a contradiction. Amar of Huna, of Huna says, Man Tana Tamid, who is the author of that Mishnah over there? The one that says, Minorah then Ketoret? That's a special rabbi. That's a Shimon Ish HaMitzpeh. Who? That's who it is. And our Mishnah is all the rabbis, and that Mishnah is a Shimon Ish HaMitzpeh. But didn't we learn the opposite? That Shimon Ish HaMitzpeh is not the Mishnah in Tamid. I'll show you why. Because there's a different Mishnah in Tamid. Now, the way we're figuring... Mesechet Tamid, yes. It's in Kodashim, that's why you never heard of it. Rabbi Haber learns it often with, the, with his guys. Really? When he talks about the Beth Magdash, yes. So, Mesechet Tamid goes through different orders. And there's another Mishnah over there where Rabbi, this Rabbi Rishimon Isha Mitzpah is arguing on Tanakama over there. And we're going to assume if Rishimon Mitzpah is arguing on Tanakama, he's probably not the author of this Mishnah and Tamid either. Okay? Let's see it. It's not. It's not without the Mishnah. If the Kohen goes on the, has to go on the Mizbeach, climbs on the Mizbeach to do the Korban Tamid. And he stands in the northeast corner. He throws the blood on the northeast corner. He goes to the southwest corner. He throws it on the southwest corner. And we say about the Brighter, changes it on the Tamid. And he says, the following, he says, on the northeast corner, he throws it northeast. And on the west, southwest one, then he first puts on the west, then he puts on the south. So you see, Rishimon has a different opinion than Tanakamabra. The first rabbi says you put it on the southwest altogether, and Rishimon is saying south, west and south. So you see that he's not the standard rabbi over there. So how could we answer that the Mishnah over there was Shimon Ishmael? We see him arguing over there, so he's probably not the rabbi. Good. Answer Our Mishnah is Shimon Ishmael, and the other Mishnah is the Chachamim. Okay. Okay. So I think we're going to stop over here at the words Virami Sediyoma Asediyoma. Okay, we're kind of in the middle of the page over here. Virami Sediyoma Asediyoma. The last one line is Yoma. Okay? Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.